Hi, everybody. I have some exciting news. I am launching a Substack. I know. I keep telling you how I'm not a writer, and I'm still not a writer, but I am going to be writing about reading over on Substack. The Substack is called Unstacked, and you can find it at tracythomas.substack.com. There will be free options every Friday. There'll be a bunch of weekly roundups, announcements, all the shit I'm into. And then if you want to upgrade yourself to the paid subscription, I'm going to have author interviews, bonus episodes, anticipated reads, book pairings, community chats, all sorts of stuff. So, If that sounds like something you'd be into, go to tracythomas.substack.com and join Unstacked. And of course, I've got a special offer for you. If you go to tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10, you get 10% off your first year membership of Unstacked. You have from now until April 4th to redeem. Again, that's tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10 for 10% off Unstacked. Okay, that's enough. Let's listen to this episode. Hey all, it's Tracy, and I have some exciting personal news. I just gave birth to twin boys, and myself and Mr. Stacks couldn't be more thrilled. We're still having new episodes of the Stacks every Wednesday, but in the hopes of spending a little time with my new mini Stacks, we're putting the short Stacks on pause for the start of 2020. Don't worry, these episodes will be back sooner than you know, so stay tuned. I also wanted to say thank you all for listening to the podcast and supporting all that we do around here. The show wouldn't be the same without all of you. So thank you and have a happy new year. Okay, now it's time for the episode. Welcome to The Stacks, a podcast about books and the people who read them. I'm your host, Tracy Thomas, and today is a very special episode of The Short Stacks. It is our best books of 2019 episode with our friend, Lauren Fanella, aka Literary Lauren on Bookstagram. Before we get to our list, let's do a little housekeeping. Remember, everything we talk about on today's episode can be found in the show notes. You can use the link there to shop for the books we've discussed and read the articles we've mentioned. Plus, you'll find our social media accounts and the social media accounts of our guests all in the show notes so you can stay connected to the stacks. If you like what you hear, please take a moment to rate and review this show wherever you get your podcasts, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. All right, you guys, let's do it. The top five books of 2019. All right, you guys, I'm so excited. Today is our second annual best book of the year episode. We have brought back Lauren Fanella, who you might know from Bookstagram as at Literary Lauren. Lauren, welcome back to the Stacks. Oh, I'm so glad to be back, Tracy. (laughs) So excited. If you don't know, Lauren was on in our first year in 2018. We talked about books and being unconventional women. We talked about Reincarnation Blues for the Stacks Book Club. And then Lauren came back and helped us break down the best books of the year. And we're doing it again. So here's how it'll work. Lauren and I have each picked five books. We're going to talk about them. Then we're going to talk about the five books we're most excited for in 2020. Um, It's pretty straightforward. The only rules that we have are that the books that we're talking about today all were published in 2019. And that's really it. Lauren gets yeah. to start because she's my guest because I'm such a good <laughs> host. So Lauren, go. and these are in no particular order. Um, picking five was already hard enough. So putting them in order for me is even more yeah. challenging. I guess before we go, we should talk about a little bit about, because before we hopped on, we were saying that this year was kind of an interesting year because Lauren, you're mostly a non, you're mostly a fiction reader. Correct. 
But this year, this year, I thought nonfiction was better overall than fiction, which maybe I've just come to the dark side. I don't know. Maybe you've just been hanging out with me too much. (laughs) I don't know. I agree with you. I thought there was some outstanding nonfiction this year. A lot of like really, I don't know what people would call in quotation marks, important books or books about like important things. Um, I know for me, one of the books that I felt like was like an important book this year was Ibram Kendi's book. How to be an anti-racist. Um, you had said some books you thought were kind of like important. Yeah, books. there was a lot about the Me Too movement that had come out. So she said, which was about the Harvey Weinstein um, case, and there was also Know My Name, which was written by Emily Doe, who, or well, her name has come out now as Chanel Miller. She was uh, the Brock Turner victim. So there was a lot about that, which I really liked to see that. Yeah. So. So those books aren't on our, they didn't make our list, but those are just books we wanted to shout out. Cause also there was Catch and Kill. Did you get to that? I did not get to that. I haven't gotten to it yet, but I have it. Yeah. That might be an audiobook for me. It, oh. Yeah. I bought it. Okay. Well, you'll have to let me know. And you also, you have been reading Say Nothing. I've been reading Say Nothing, which okay. is also, I would say, is like kind of in that important realm. I'm only halfway yeah. through, so I can't include it, but it's about the troubles in Ireland. Um, it's totally like in my wheelhouse. From pre the stacks before people pressured me into reading a ton of fiction. This is a book that I would have grabbed anyways. Okay, let's get started. Start with your first of your five. So first I'm gonna start with Ocean Vongs on Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous. So this is actually a fiction novel and I think kind of technically autobiographical fiction. So it's written as um the narrator, its first person is writing a letter to his mom who can't read and it's about um masculinity and race and uh sexual orientation. Uh the writing is so beautiful. I know people say that all the time, but it really is. It's his first novel. He is a poet first. So this was his first novel and you can definitely tell that he is a poet by trade and uh, he actually won the MacArthur Genius Grant this year. So that was super exciting. So I'm excited to see what he does next. Hopefully a memoir because that does would be have, amazing. Does he have poetry books? Do you know? I believe so. I'm I'm not a po- poetry person whatsoever. I'm not very well versed. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know. All I know about him is what I know from people liking this book a lot and like a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, it was really popular when it came out and it is really beautiful and atmospherics and lyrical. So if that's your thing, it's peak. But okay. Yeah. Okay. That's so not my thing. <laughs> I'm literally looking at the book like scared to read it. Okay. I'm going to start with The Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead. Um, I went back and I listened to our conversation from last year about the books we were looking forward to and our favorite books. And this was a book you had shouted out. Um, I really liked Underground Railroad. I think this book blows Underground Railroad out of the water. I think Nickel Boys is incredible. It's about two guys who are two young kids who are in like a reform school in Florida during the civil rights movement. And they're two black kids and it's about their experiences in this reform school. Um, Colson Whitehead, it's pretty amazing. I mean, it's 212 pages, which I only say that because I think to write a book that is that short and is this good is really takes talent. I think anybody could write a 500 page book, but to edit it down and like get the story to be that tight in 212 pages is pretty outstanding. Um, so if you like a novel, if you, if you like, I don't know, the best book of the year, you should read this book. It's so good. I don't even know who it's for. It's for anybody. It's a little dark. It's a little heavy. The ending will take your breath away. It's just, 
it's a tough one to beat. It's pretty amazing. I actually heard an interview he did. And once he finished Underground Railroad, he wanted to write a book that was only 200 pages. That was his goal. And I hear that. Yeah. And he was like mad that he got, that it was 212 pages. pages. He was like big that mad. Was so funny. Yeah. But yeah, I read that too. And it's great. He's it's great. so good. It's so good. I mean, and I really liked Underground Railroad. Yeah. And this to me is like even better. Okay. What's next? Okay. Next for me, I'm going to mix it up with nonfiction. So this one I actually read fairly recently because it came out in the fall. It's called In the Dream House by Carmen Maria Machado. And it's a memoir of her um, abusive, emotionally abusive and sometimes physically abusive relationship with her uh, girlfriend for some years. And the way she wrote it was in these little chapters. And it's just the structure was so imaginative I've never read anything like it. It's really hard to explain without you reading it. But there's this one section where it's in the dream house, pick your own adventure. And it's it was so exemplary in writing basically the cycle you go through when you're in an abusive relationship. It was just astonishing to me how she accomplished this. It's beautiful writing. And I was kind of surprised because I wasn't a huge fan of her short story collection, Her Body and Other Parties, which might be controversial. I know that was really popular. But this memoir was probably my favorite memoir of the year that came out this year. It was just amazing. So I've only heard great things about this book. So I'm very excited to get to it. I don't, I've not read any of her stuff, but I, I follow her on social things and Mm -hmm. she seems like someone that I would want to be friends with. Yeah. She (laughs) seems awesome. But part of it was about how in, um, in the mainstream, there's not really talk about queer abusive relationships because it's so such a stigma to be queer already. Then to add on the stigma of domestic abuse is hard for them to come forward. And they, right now don't feel like they have a space for that. So she's kind of creating that space, which was, I think, really important. So that's awesome. Okay. My next pick is Thick by Tressie McMillan Cottom. Talk about someone you want to be friends with. Um, So I, this book is a collection of essays. They all center black women. Tressie, the way she writes is just incredible. She was on the podcast on an episode of The Short Stacks. If you haven't heard it, you should check it out. It's actually one of probably one of my favorite episodes of The Short Stacks this season as well. She talks a lot about, you know, why it's important for her to center black women and and what a revolutionary idea it would be if we focus the world through that lens versus the lens of straight hetero white men. And not to say that you couldn't focus through any other lens, but that's her lane, that's who she is. Um the essays talk about, you know, women's bodies. They talk about one of my personal favorites is the one about the New York Times op-ed. She's talking about beauty, money, education. There's a whole essay on academia. It's just really smart and and the way that she writes, she takes you down this path and then all of a sudden there's like a twist in the essay and you're like, whoa, I didn't even see that coming. And it just, I mean, a good essay collection is just it's money. It's so good. So this is this is top peak essay collection, I would say. Yeah, it's a really great essay collection. One of my favorites of the year. So it's one great. of my favorites of the last probably five years. Yeah. It's great. So if you haven't checked out Thick yet, high, high, high recommend. All right, you. Oh, it's me again. <laughs> I know. Okay, so I know. Okay, so next I have Bunny by Mona Awad. So is this scary? it's a little it's not scary but it's weird and it's absurd and 
um, when I first heard about this book, I saw it on uh, the publisher's Instagram, which I believe is biking. They were marketing it as Heather's if you are familiar with that movie at all, okay. in graduate school. And I was like, well, I love Heather, so I need this in my life. <laughs> and it's pretty actually an accurate comparison. It's because it's kind of about those cliques women form and just how absurd and how like mean women can be to other women. But it's so bizarre at points I don't even know what I was reading. And it was just this whole experience that I just was like so impressed she accomplished this because it's so bizarre. It's unlike anything you've ever read. You can't really compare it. You can't really describe it to someone. Like you mm. have to be in it because it's just so WTF. Like okay. I think that <laughs> it's, it's one funny. of the best covers I've seen this yeah, year. Yeah, it's a great cover. I love the cover. And it's also like the snarky kind of humor that's mm. that I like a lot. So <laughs> in books. Um. Okay. I-, I thought it was scary. It kind of looks like it's scary. It's just weird. I, I okay. mean, it's not. Scary. It's not like a horror book. No, not okay. at all. Because that's what I thought. There's that it like was. a little bit of like weird witchy stuff to okay. it, but it's not. Scary. I like a witch. Yeah. I'm into a witch. Yeah. Okay. My next book is The Only Plane in the Sky by Garrett M. Graff. It is about 9 11. It's an oral history of 9 11. He sifts through interviews, he conducts his own interviews, and puts together a it's like minute by minute almost in the beginning of September 11th, 2001. It is so incredible. The first third of the book, it's like you can't put it down. I was having nightmares because I was reading it and I couldn't I couldn't stop thinking about it. So it was in my dreams. I don't I can't even explain it. If you're at all interested in history, if you would all like oral histories, if you would all like are interested in 9-11, any of those things, I highly, highly recommend this book. It's so well done. He captures so many voices and so many points of view from people who were in the towers to Dick Cheney in his own words, to people who were watching on TV, to people whose spouses were on the airplanes. It's just this whole comprehensive look at 9-11 and there's photos and it's just really, really, really well done. Highly recommend. Also, he was on the podcast, but I actually read the book before he was on the podcast and liked it so much. So I I wasn't like a mandatory read for me. I loved it. and was like, can I get this guy on the podcast? Um, And you might know Garrett M. Graff because he Sometimes on like CNN, he talks on the news. I didn't know that, and I then I now that. I see him all the time. I'm like, oh, I know. he does national security, so that's how he got kind of into the world of 9/11. And he he talks about you know, I mean, he doesn't talk at all in the book. He's not in the book. There's nothing from him except for possibly an introduction. But it's really, it's the day in people's own words. So it's very cool. Yeah, that's on my list to read. I haven't gotten to it yet because I know I'll have to be a little bit emotionally and mentally prepared to react. Yeah, it's definitely, I read it the week leading up to 9-11. So then watching all the footage again, I was like, this might have been a mistake. Like I'm a little overwhelmed, but it's just, it's really well done. And it's crazy to think that that day is almost 20 years ago. Yeah, it's crazy. My youngest brother wasn't even alive then, which is very crazy to me. Wow. Yeah, it's like, it's real history. All of a sudden. Yeah. And that feels weird that this thing that I think of as being so formative in my life is so long ago. Like so many people don't remember it. It's crazy. Yeah. 
Okay, go ahead. Okay, so next I have Normal People by Sally Rooney. And Tracy mentioned how we did this last year. This was actually one of the books I was looking forward to this year. So it so lived, lived up, up, yes, yeah, lived lived up, up to, to the hype. For me, uh, I kind of had a good feeling about it because I have read her other book and I really loved it. But uh, I actually think I might have liked this one better. It's oh. about uh, a boy and a girl who are friends in college. They meet in college and they kind of have this fraught relationship and – it's just one of the realest depictions I've seen of a man and woman kind of trying to be friends without it being more than that. Mm. But then at times it was more than that and just kind of navigating that. It was, it's frustrating, but it's because it's true and it's real life. So right. um, she's just able to capture I, like the millennial, like 20s. Okay. You're in your 20s, millennial kind of voice super well, probably because she, I think, is like 29 or 30. Oh, she's young. So okay. <laughs> she's really great at it. So I really enjoyed this one a lot. So, And it's being made into a TV show, too. So This is one of the books that people this year have been asking me to do on the show a lot. That's super interesting. I haven't read it, but whenever I'm like, what should we do on the show? People are like, normal people. I'm like, Really? Okay. But I'm glad to hear that you liked it because I, it's not something that I thought that I would think that would be, I don't know. Doesn't yeah, seem I like don't, me. Yeah, it doesn't seem like me. <laughs> but if you liked it, it yeah. means that there's probably, you know, we it's, have more similar tastes yeah. than different. So that's true. And what's her first book called? Convers- it's Conversations with Friends. Got it. So, and she's Irish? She's Irish. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, got it. Got it. Taking care of your health isn't always easy, but it should be at least simple. That's why for the last three plus years, I have been drinking AG1 every day, no exceptions. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel nourished and strong enough to tackle whatever else might come my way. That's because each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and a lot more. It's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. The nutritional insurance that AG1 provides has been vital to keeping me productive and focused. It helps me cover my bases in just about the time it takes to fill a glass of water, scoop in one scoop of AG1, and then drink it. So I don't know, 75 seconds? With the perfect mix of vitamins, probiotics, and nutrients from Whole Foods, I'm not stuck trying to assemble it all by myself, which would have considerably worse results. AG1 saves me all the time and hassle, and it has made such a difference in my overall mood and especially my gut health, among many other things. But don't take my word for it. Go ahead and try AG1. Let me know what you think. Whether you notice you're needing more nutrient support than you're used to, or you just need an edge for a tough workout, AG1 can be the ticket. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1, and that's why I've partnered with them for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash the stacks. That's drinkag1.com slash the stacks. Check it out. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Okay, my next one is How We Fight for Our Lives by Saeed Jones, memoir. I don't even know, man. I love Saeed Jones so much. I follow him on Twitter at The Ferocity. That's how I found him. I fell in love with him then. His tweets are unreal. But this book is a memoir. It is This memoir is no joke. It's about his life growing up in Texas as a black gay man with his mom and their relationship. So it's part love letter to his mom. It's part him trying to figure out who he is and what that means and literally how to be alive as who he is. How does he live as a black gay kid, black gay man, his grandmother who's religious and so the story is that, but the writing is just, <laughs> he's also a poet. And it's, I feel like when poets write books, it's just like, they get it, man. I don't, I'm not super into poetry, but I am into a poet writing prose, like big time, big time. And this book is all of that. And it'll make, there are moments that will take your breath away. There are sentences that are just like, fuck, huh. <sighs> You read it. I totally second everything you're saying yeah. because I was reading this. I read this in a day and I would stop reading and have to tell my boyfriend, oh my God, listen to this sentence. I'm going to read it out loud to yeah. you. And how we were saying earlier, this is the year for nonfiction, at least for us, yeah. more than fiction. I wanted to put this in my top five too, but you know, we I've, didn't want to have overlaps. I was so. like, sorry, this is my podcast. It's I like, get to do what I want. She gets to have it, but I like completely... Agree it's with this. So it's great. It's so good. I got it early and read it the day I got it and just been singing its praises ever since. There is an amazing, amazing, amazing podcast episode with Sam Sanders. His, his show is called It's Been a Minute and it's him and Saeed Jones and they're talking and it's just so good. It's one of the best episodes of a podcast I've heard this year. Um, so if you've read How We Fight for Our Lives or if you're interested in it, I would highly recommend checking out that podcast. I would also just casually mention if Saeed wanted to come on this podcast, like the door is always open, boo-boo. I am available. I stand your work so hard. Uh, <laughs> just throwing out some goals for 2020, you know, just throwing it out there. But yes, so this is a fantastic, fantastic memoir. It's kind of, I would say it's kind of similar to Heavy. Yeah, we, you, I think had mentioned how it was kind of a companion, like yeah. reading these side by side. Totally. Totally. They they totally. fit together yeah. um, in a lot of ways. They're different in a lot of ways, but they do fit together in a lot of ways. So if you're familiar with Kiese Lehman's Heavy this book, I would say, is a good comp for that. Okay, last one. Okay, last one. Uh, I actually finished this one this morning. Oh, uh, so okay. Tracy had mentioned that I would like this one a lot. So it's Trick Mirror by Gia Tolentino, which is an essay collection. And I did love it. It's great. Um, there are some essays I really enjoyed. There was one called Pure Heroines, which is kind of about how women are depicted in literature and movies. And that's something I am ultra fascinated with all the time. 
And there was another one about optimization and just kind of how we've come with, you know, oh, now women have to, you know, have self-care and care what they think, not care what they think about, but also have it all together and wear Lululemon all the time and just look like casual, but it's actually not casual. Stuff like that really fascinates me. And also she goes a lot into like social media and how we're all depicted and all that kind of stuff. So it's totally up your alley if you like Roxanne Gay's Bad Feminist or Rebecca Solnit's um, and explain things to me. Um, it's just really great and really smart. And I think she's going to have a lot more things to say that I'm looking forward to what she has to say about them. Yeah. I, so I did recommend this to you. I knew you'd like it. It We're doing this on the podcast right. in January. So at the end of January. So if you haven't read it yet, you should read this. Um, I'm going to save all of my thoughts for that episode. <laughs> But I have a lot of thoughts, yeah. so stay tuned. Okay, last one for me. This is really not like me at all. This is the one that is so weird that I thought that this book was amazing. And it, not that I have one best book of the year, but if I did, it might be this one. My pick is a middle grade fiction short story collection. What the fuck? Uh, it's called <laughs> Look Both Ways. It's by Jason Reynolds. I loved this book so much. It is truly, if you were going to say, what's a book Tracy would never pick up, it would be a middle grade fic or fiction collection of short stories. And yet here we are. I didn't even realize how much I loved this book until after I read it, I was talking to my husband about it. And I was saying, oh my God, the way that he writes about these children and he incorporates their trauma, but they're not their trauma. And the story's so beautiful. And I cried during the second one and I'm going on, I'm going on and on and on. And my husband finally turns to me and he's like, I've not heard you talk about a book like this since you read Stamped from the beginning, which is deeply in my wheelhouse is a book about racism and anti-racism. And so it was just like a moment of me being like, oh my God, I really did love that book because I didn't really, I thought like, oh, I can't love this book because it's a kid's book. And now the more that I think about it, the more that I'm like, oh, I actually deeply loved this book and these characters and the way that Jason Reynolds writes. And um, in the interest of full disclosure, I read this book prior to him being a guest on the podcast and was obsessed with it. So when he came on the podcast, I just sat across from him and stared at him and was like, I love you and your book for two hours. <laughs> That's basically what the episode was like. For those of you who wonder what he's like in person, he's lovely and his books are great. So if you've never read Jason Reynolds, this is a great place to start. It's not where I started, but I mean, this is, this book is... Whew, it's so good. And it's for kids. And I'm like, kids get to read this shit? Like, kids are so lucky. So I, I'm sure you haven't read it yet. Oh, I listened to it on audio. Oh, you did? Yeah. And I did really like it. I kind of want to read it in print, though, because I feel print. like it'll be better for me in print. I have his other book, Long Way Down, that I've been wanting to read for also a long great. time because I've heard it's really great. So I have that. I and think, I, unpopular opinion, I liked this more than Long Way Down. Oh, okay. I, I just thought this book was so... Because Long Way Down is heavy and it's it's about a kid who's dealing with his brother having been murdered. And so it's like there's a lot there. And I think that that story is super important. But this book to me is about kids walking – or this book is about kids walking home from school. And there's really not a lot there. And he mm -hmm. creates so much. Yeah. He like makes something there in a way that the book – 
felt enjoyable to read without having to feel like quote unquote important. Like what we were talking about. There was so much important shit this year. Right. This book was just like, wow, this is so enjoyable. And it's like not important. It's so mundane and yeah. yet special. So, it's more like a slice of life that's yeah. a slice of life you don't see that often, yeah. which makes it feel more important than exactly. like just, He yeah. just like added so much value and it could have, this book could have been so dumb and boring. And like <laughs> there could have been so many authors who could have made this book like, and then they walked home from school and like got on their best when they, like, like they, their key, their door didn't open. And like, this is like, uh, uh, I don't know. I just, I can't even, and he's also a poet. So maybe that's part of it. But yeah. I, now I'm like a huge middle grade fan. I'm going to go read every middle grade book. <laughs> Not going to so, happen. Brown Girl Dreaming by Jacqueline Woodson, though. Yeah. You should. Jacqueline Woodson. <laughs> There's a lot that I have to read of hers. Anyways. She's got a lot. She's <laughs> got like 30 plus books. Yes. Anyways. <laughs> prolific. Okay. So those are our top 10. Five each. Now let's talk about what we're looking forward to this year. Do you want to start? Actually, I'm going to start because I'm going to just segue super like just I'm yeah, going to be super perfect. basic and just go. My book that I am most some of the books I'm most looking forward to. This first one is a total cheat, but I'm doing it because it's a perfect segue. Jason Reynolds has adapted Iram Kendi's book, Stamped, from the beginning into a young reader's version or like a more approachable version. It's called Stamped. Comes out in March. Um, it's Little Brown is doing it. So it's like a YA version of Stamped from the Beginning. I mean, I don't even... Stamped from the Beginning is the definitive history of race in America. He remixes it. He makes it more approachable. I cannot wait to read this book. I have it. I just haven't gotten to it yet. And I probably... That's probably the next thing I'm going to read. And then the other part of that is that Ibram Kendi has also adapted his book, Stamped from the Beginning, to... Or sorry, his book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, to a baby board book called... <laughs> anti-racist baby. And you know what? I can't fucking wait for that either. I want a baby book. I want a young adult book. I want a middle grade book. I want a little Cliff Notes version that I can just give to people. The anti-racist slash stamp from the beginning book world knows no bounds. It's like Marvel Comics. The universe is giant. (laughs) I want everyone I've ever read and loved. I want Jessamine Ward to write a version of this book. I'd like to say layman. Hey, Ta-Nehisi Coates, you want to just throw out your version of anti-racist? I'm here for it. So, you know, Little Brown, you can pay me my royalties for these great ideas. But those two books, Stamped and Anti-Racist Baby, one's out in March, one's out in June. I will be reading baby books just because I can and because they exist, because Ibram Kendi has written them, and I said so. So that's that's my first turn up. That was a perfect segue. I mean, I, I had mean, to great. go next. Yeah. Okay, you're okay, up. Mine is not a segue at all, but that's okay. okay. So first I have A Cleanness by Garth Greenwell, and it's coming out from FSG in January. And um, Stephanie Dandler, who's one of my favorite writers, like was really stoked about this, and I trust her reading uh, taste so it's supposed to be another like atmospheric type novel so it's definitely something I'm looking forward to and I actually already have a coffee waiting for me and I'm just dying to get to it soon okay. so yay I'm excited to to check back in at the end of next year to see what we thought of the books we we shouted out yeah me too because it's actually kind of a good like full circle check-in yeah. about like, it how did I yeah. do how well do I know myself <laughs> which uh, speaking of last year one of the books I was very much looking forward to was Lot by Brian Washington short story collection I read it I loved it 
had him on the podcast. I feel like everybody that I read and loved that I was looking forward to, I had on the podcast because I just harassed their publicist. Well, that's it. amazing, though, because then you get to talk to exactly. ones you like. Exactly. So. Oh, also, Ibram Kendi was on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So shout out to that. Um, but so Brian Washington has a new book coming out. He actually previewed it when he was on the episode in March. He was like, oh, yeah, my 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 next book is coming. It's a novel. It's called Memorial. I know a little bit of what it's about, but I don't know if I'm supposed to know what it's about. So I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you guys. <laughs> I know it's about a queer couple, black guy, Japanese guy, their boyfriends. I know they live in Houston. I'm not going to say more. I know it has to do with grief or with death. I'm not going to say more because I'm not sure if that I'm supposed I I know ha- I have some information on background and I actually don't know if it's a secret or not. So it's coming out by Riverhead. It's coming out in the fall. I can't wait. Okay, so next I have a book by one of my favorite writers, Otessa Moshveg. It's called Death in Her Hands, and it's coming out from Penguin in the spring. And it's, I have the description. It says it's a novel of haunt, haunting metaphysical suspense about an elderly widow whose life is turned upside down when she finds a cryptic note on a walk in the woods. So Otessa, if you've ever read her, you know it's super weird and snarky and um, kind of like not gross. That's kind of a weird word. But she talks about stuff in books that you don't normally see a lot in fiction. Okay. So she goes there. So I'm always, you know, down for that. What like Like what's something that's gross that she talks about? Um, like pooping. Oh, okay. Like that's not really in books. Yeah. People don't go to the bathroom in books. Yeah. Unless it's like, but like sh- yeah. And just like stalking people and just, uh, yeah, she'll like Got go it. there. Yeah. Okay. Weird. Cool. <laughs> My next one is fight of the century. It's a essay collection. It's edited by Michael Chabon and Eilet Waldman. It's coming out in January. It's coming from Avid Reader Press. They're the same people who did The Only Plane in the Sky. Um, it's a bunch of essays. Each essay is a different landmark case from the ACLU. It's the ACLU's 100th birthday next year, so it kind of coincides with that. But people who are contributing to it, just to name a few, try not to freak out because they're amazing. Jasmine Ward, Marlon James, Dave Eggers, Morgan Parker, Ann Patchett, Viet Nguyen. Like, it's everybody. It's everybody and their mother is writing an essay about these cases, and it's right up my alley. Essays about politics and human rights. Easy. I'm so excited. Slam dunk. Slam dunk. Out in January, like, hi, you're up. Okay, so next I have Stray by Stephanie Dandler. So she wrote Sweet Bitter, which is a novel I really like. Um, But this is actually a memoir, and it's about growing up being a child of addicts. So she has beautiful writing. Whenever someone who's a beautiful writer writes a memoir, I'm there. So I'm really excited. And I think this one comes out in May. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, My next one is something that I actually don't even know what it is. So I'm excited about it. It's called Black Futures. It's by Jenna Wortham and Kimberly Drew. Jenna Wortham is one of the co-hosts of the Still Processing podcast, which is my favorite podcast that isn't the Stacks. And it's actually, you know what? I'm going to go back. It's actually my favorite podcast. Fuck the stacks. I don't mm-hmm. care. I know this is my podcast, but that one's better. Um, still processing. It's a collection of art, photos, essays, memes, recipes, tweets, a bunch of stuff that's all focusing on the world of Black artists and what they're producing right now. So I don't really know what that means. One World is putting it out, and it's supposed to be out in October. And I literally just 
all I had to see was that Jenna Wortham was doing a book and it was going to be published. And so now I'm super hyped on it, but I don't really know what it is besides about black art. But Jenna is just like the love of my life. I tell my husband all the time, <laughs> I would leave you for Jenna Wortham in a heartbeat. So sorry, Jake. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah. Also, One World always does a great job. Yeah, so One World is great. They had a lot of great books this year. So yeah, I, I mean, they them. they had Tanahasi, They had Kendi. They, they had Good Talk. Good talk. Yeah. They had Sabrina Karina. Karina Sabrina. Oh, yeah, which was amazing. Yeah. Almost made my list. It's definitely in my top 10 of the year. It was great. Yeah. One World is sneaky, great publisher. Yeah. Totally great. Sneaky. Shout out to them. Okay. Okay, so next pick is actually by an author who was one of my favorites last year. So it's Melissa Broder. She has a new novel coming out called Milk Fed. And it's from Scribner. The only thing we know about it is it's the story of a reformed Jewish woman with an eating disorder who has an affair with the Orthodox Jewish woman working at her local frozen yogurt shop. So only Melissa Broda can come up with a tagline like that about her books. So she's weird as fuck and you love her. (laughs) I love her. And I can't, I love that you love her. I've not read any of her stuff yet, but I know that you love that weird stuff. And I think that's so great. We're giving you the kind of content on the stacks that you guys need. Just weird stuff and anti-racist stuff. And that's it. I mean, that's all you need in your life and you'll be happy. If you're not getting weird with your reading, what are you doing? Yeah. If you're not educated. Yeah. If you're not figuring out that you secretly love middle grade short stories, like what are you up to? What have you done with 2019? Okay. Here's my last one. This is a book that I am looking forward to on the strength of the first book by this author and how beautiful the first book's cover was. That's it. The author is Britt Bennett. The first book was called The Mother's Beautiful Cover. I like the book a lot. She's got another one coming out. It's called The Vanishing Half. It's about twin, identical twin sisters who are super close as kids. They grow up in the South. They grow apart. I, somehow they separate and they end up living their lives totally separate. One of them, they're, they're, they are both able to pass as black or pass as white, excuse me. And one of them does. And the other one of them is living as a black woman. So it's kind of about race and family. And I, I'm super hyped on it. I don't know what to expect. I just know that the mother's was awesome and it's from Riverhead. So I know that cover is about to be beautiful and they have not oh. released it yet. And it's coming out in June and I am eagerly awaiting because that's one of the best covers I think I've ever seen. So yes. that's a hard follow up. Yeah. I mean, cover, I, <laughs> I think Riverhead's covers, beautiful. They p- pretty much don't miss. No. No, like their nonfiction covers are gorgeous, which I think a lot of publishers think because yeah, are like get rid of like they don't pay attention to nonfiction. They're like, fuck it. We don't care. No. (laughs) Riverhead is giving you the covers that you need. They do. Yeah. Okay. I think you have one more. I have one more. Um, So this one is Transcendent Kingdom by Ya Jessie. I left her first novel, Homegoing, and this one's about a Ghana family in Alabama. And so it's going to be another family novel, which I always love a really good family novel okay and she just did such a good job like tracing going through the different family members and stuff so i'm hoping it's kind of like that i would like that as well so that's not coming out till september but it has a gorgeous cover as well just gonna while we're on this topic gorgeous gorgeous it's from knopf right knopf yeah um i 
I liked Homegoing. I didn't love Homegoing. This is one of the few books where I'm actually super excited to read it because I sometimes feel like that sophomore book, that second book is can be just so major from someone. And I feel like I liked Homegoing, but there was so much room for me. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see. Yeah, hopefully it's, you know, a step. I mean, I can totally see it being a step up. We'll yeah. See, so. I know some people thought Homegoing was like amazing and great. One of the best things they read. Was that two years ago? Uh, Yeah, two or three years ago, yeah. I think. Maybe I, 2016 now, actually. Oh, man. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But so for me, I'm like, I can't wait to read yeah. it because I feel like there's like, I'm just like, my expectations aren't too high, but they are like, Come yeah. on, girl. Let's uh, do it. Yeah. <laughs> Which also just to shout out another book, Ty R. U. Jones has a new book coming oh, out I next know. year. That there's a few people a who few have, have their follow up follow to up a to huge their, book exactly. that they had a few years ago. So that I'm really curious about how it's gonna land or if it's yeah. yeah so <laughs> try I'm, to go in with low or expectations. Yeah, I feel like 2020. There's it's like a book nerd's year, whereas like 2019 there was a lot of big books. Like there was the new Toni Morrison. There was the new Oprah coming out. There was a bunch of like the new Ta-Nehisi Coates. There was a bunch of stuff coming that was going to be like huge. And this next year, I feel like there's a lot of things that are more for people who love reading. So I'm I totally agree with that because I just looking at some of the other books I'm excited about, I'm like, oh man, this is my dream year on paper. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot coming. So we'll see. I, I mean, I'm already overwhelmed by what's coming and I always love to be surprised by a book that I didn't think like I didn't exactly know. it's the best yeah. when you haven't really heard of it and then you're like why is not every person talking about how great this book yeah, is totally totally so, yeah. ah, all right you guys well that's it for us today that is our this is our final episode of 2019 so I hope you all had as good of a reading year as we obviously did Lauren thank you for being here thank you so much for having me back yay we'll do it again next yeah, year sounds good. and we will see you guys in 2020 in the stacks All right, you guys, that does it. Our last episode of 2019. We will see you next year. Thank you to Lauren Fanella for being our guest. You can find everything we discussed on today's episode in the link in the show notes. Make sure to get your book recommendation read on air by sending us an email at askingthestacks at gmail.com. For more from The Stacks, please follow us on social media at The Stacks Pod on Instagram and at The Stacks Pod underscore on Twitter and check out our website, thestackspodcast.com. To join The Stacks Pack and get inside access to this show, head to Patreon com slash the stacks. Make sure you are subscribed to this show wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, please take a moment to rate and review the show. Our graphic designer is Robin McCrite, and our theme music is from Tagirajis. This show was created and produced by me, Tracy Thomas. <laughs>